Hey, guess what? It's time for making kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. It's that time again. Hello and welcome to the Making Kayfabe podcast. My name is Bryce. I'm here with my friend Dylan. And you know, missed opportunities in wrestling are a dime and a dozen. There's a lot of them around. Too many, perhaps. But what we do is we take that dime, we shine it up, we increase the valuation of that dime. We put it on eBay for all the coin collectors and we make a million dollars out of that dime. We've done it for 22 times now, or professional wrestlers in layman's terms, and we ain't slowing down anytime soon. And I've got a belter, an absolute belter of rebooking today. By the way, how about that intro? That was really good. Yeah. I, I wish we did do that. I wish that's how money worked. We could just shine up some dimes and make like 600 pounds. <laughs> just make it like really shiny yeah, and then people, people would want to buy it, yeah. I bet they would, man. I mean, would you want to buy like a dirty coin? I mean, if you got the most like, um, I don't know, rare coin in the world and it's like, I don't know, covered in shit, like, would you pay as much for that if it wasn't shiny? I mean, maybe because you could just clean it off yourself. But, it, but it's it, interesting. Is there any yeah. coin collectors out there who also listen to the show? If so, please send us an email that explains our business. Yeah. Tell me, Dylan, what, what do you know about Takamichi Noku? I know that he collects coins. <laughs> He's my I, avid, I avid coin collector. I know this for a fact because he bid against me on eBay for a particularly rare coin, and I am still mad about it to this day. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question correctly now, Bryce. <laughs> I, Takami Shinoko would have been around the WWE or WWF at the time whenever I started watching. I started in like uh, 2000, I think. So prime uh, Takami Shinoko time if you watch Sunday Night Heat, which I did <laughs> every Sunday. So I got to see a lot of Taka. That's why my favorite wrestlers are like Al Snow and <laughs> Too Cool. <laughs> it's the guys that appear Sunday Night Heat crew, on yeah. Sunday Night Heat. So Taka and Funaki used to appear quite a bit. I remember one day on Sunday Night Heat, backstage, they picked a fight with Sergeant Slaughter. That's right. Long retired wrestler, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> so he comes out uh, on Sunday Night Heat and has a handicap match against both members of Kayentai and wins <laughs> easily. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, my <laughs> what God. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is Sergeant Slaughter <laughs> when I'm a yeah. kid watching this shit? I, I wouldn't be surprised if this happened after um, what the, the events of my rebooking as well, what we're going to talk about soon, but good God, uh, two-on-one and losing to Sergeant Slaughter on fucking How, heat. I mean... What a uh, weird... Like, who thought that that would be good for Sunday Night Heat? Like, are you sure you didn't just make that up in your head? Because that does oh, not sound it. right. They haven't got that episode uploaded onto the network yet, so oh, obviously I can't back it up, but let don't. me. But also let me tell you this, man. When you've seen that once, you, you never forget it. Because <laughs> they were making fun of his chin. Here's what happened. Chin. Do you remember a guy called Just Joe? Uh, aye, Joe, Joe, legend, right? Yeah, he appeared like four times, and he uh, his gimmick was he would just stir stuff up backstage. So he was backstage with Kayentai. He doesn't speak Japanese, but he was like, "What did you guys say about Sergeant Slaughter?" And they were like, "We didn't say anything." And um, <laughs> but in Japanese, so he goes to Sergeant Slaughter and he goes, "Hey, Kayentai, we're making fun of your chin." And then this is, I swear to God, this is true. <laughs> And then Sergeant Slaughter goes, nobody makes fun of my chin. I'm going to fight those punks. Thanks, um, Just Joe. And then they have a match on Heat. I, honest to God, dude, that is entirely 100% true. Surely as well, Sergeant Slaughter well into his 50s at that point. Yeah, like he hadn't wrestled a fucking match in, what, 10 years? Fuck that, man, honestly. Um, I, I, I don't want to talk about that anymore. That's awful. Uh, <laughs> Great television. 
Oh man, it's, it's actually it's funny because I, I didn't actually like plan on writing a rebooking of Taka for season three, but like I think I think we were having a discussion in one of the bonus episodes about his his uh, WWF title match against Triple H, and then yes. like after that, like ideas just started like floating into my head and what could have been done, and then like. I put a video on the Twitter of like Taka that near fall where you know everyone beats up Triple H and Taka almost gets a win, just uh, going out and runs and stuff, and just ideas kept popping into my head. It's like I've got, I've got to do Taka. I have to do Taka. So, so yeah, I think um, Michinoku he has he has a claim to be like one of the the greatest junior heavyweights of all time. Um, you know, certainly one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers to kind of come over to the Western world, but. Like many before him and many after him, he didn't quite reach his full potential, specifically in the WBF, as we'll discuss, and that makes me sad. Even sadder than hearing that he lost, they lost him and Fanaki lost to Sergeant Slaughter on Heat. So, Curious story. yeah, go there ahead. was uh, Mick Foley used to say something way back in the day, where he said if if wrestling was being booked based solely on wrestling talent, Takamishinoku would have been world champion. Did he really say that? Yes, he did. That's a good quote. I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because it's, it's true as well. Because you will never see a bad Taka match. Because um, the guy, the guy could go. Um, you haven't seen the Sergeant Slaughter match. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure at least the parts Taka was involved in would be good. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. Like, and I, I say could as well because the guy he still goes. Um, he, st- he still goes to this day. 47 years old. Um, you know, as recently as last year, he was actually he was in the the best of the Super Juniors tournament in New Japan. And uh, these days he's wrestling in his own promotion, Just Tap Out Pro Wrestling in Tokyo. And did, did you know, actually, this is something I found out just this week, but did you know that Jushin Thunder Liger's last match was with Takamishinoku? I did not know that. And so, sorry, his, his last singles match, sorry. He had, he had a few tag matches afterwards, but his last singles match, last time Jushin Thunder Liger ever wrestled a singles match was against Takamishinoku. So there you go. So That's he's he's good. clearly still held in high regard if he's, he's, if he's Jushin Liger's last fa- singles match, you know, so... Anyway, I'm giving I'm giving away too much here. Like, sh- should I um, should I go into a bit of a catch up on on the subject of today's rebooking Takamichinoku? Uh yes, but I assume there's going to be a lengthy paragraph about the Sergeant Slaughter. I mean, we've already covered the Sergeant Slaughter. We've already guess, covered so it. We I mean, yeah, we don't have to. Yeah, we don't have to. I mean, I had a I had half an episode written on that, but you know, but that's gonna be my rebooking of your rebooking. Yeah, <laughs> everything good happens in my rebooking, and then like next week he loses to fucking Sergeant Slaughter. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, dude, he, Sergeant needed to win. It's good for Taka to put over the young talent, you know. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Takao Yoshida made his pro wrestling debut in 1992, taking on the name Taka Michinoku as a sign of respect to his sensei, the great Sasuke, who owned Michinoku Pro Wrestling. And he spent his first five years of his career wrestling in his homeland of Japan for promotions such as you know, uh, Michinoku Pro, uh, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, who were also mentioned in your episode last week on Mike Awesome. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, New, New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. So, uh, speaking of New Japan, in, in 1994, he actually wrestled in the Super J Cup, which also featured Black Tiger, which is Eddie Guerrero, Wild Pegasus, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Dean Malenko, uh, higher position. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who was that Malenko guy? <laughs> <laughs> Hayabusa, uh, Liger, and the Great Sasuke. So he was already just a couple of years into his career. He was kind of rubbing, rubbing shoulders with those guys, and um, shows you kind of um, you know uh, kind of potential he had. 
So he'd continue to wrestle in Japan until 97, where he made his first trip to America to compete for ECW. And he'd compete in a six-man tag match as a member of BWO Japan, the Japanese branch of the Blue World Order. And then he'd soon make his way to the WWF. Uh, Soon enough, he'd be entered into a tournament to crown the first ever WWF light heavyweight champion, where he'd beat Devin Storm, uh, a.k.a. Crowbar in the quarterfinals, Aguila, a.k.a. S.A. Rios in the semis, and finally Brian Christopher, a.k.a. Grandmaster Sexy in the finals to become the very first ever WWF recognised light heavyweight champion. He held the light heavyweight championship for almost a year before losing it to Christian. And that brings me to this week's kayfabe conundrum because Dylan, there there were nine other WWF recognised light heavyweight champions other than Michinoku and Christian. How many can you name? I think so I can I'm, name a. That's my that's my time frame, dude. I think I can name a fair few. You bet you can name all nine. Uh, I I think I'll have a good shot at it. I'll, well, I'll name I'll name a lot of them. All right, I'm gonna give you thirty seconds on the clock, so um, I'll, I'll say yes or no when you when you give me the guesses. All right. We're not including Christian or Taka, right? Uh, not including Christian or Taka. So nine others other than Christian or Taka. So okay. all right, the clock is gonna go on in three, two, one, go. Uh. Gilberg was a champion yep. for sure. X Pac, uh, yep. Crash Holly, Jerry Lynn. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, who else? That was a four. That's Shit, four. I thought I, I should thought I could do a lot more than that. Uh, oh, who else was around? Spike Dudley? No. 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 Funaki didn't win it. Uh, nope. He, he won the cruiser bit. Oh shit, dude. <laughs> Oh, you four. Uh, X-Pac did win it, so yeah, you got you got four there. That's not bad. And um, you actually mentioned Gilbert, which I wasn't expecting. So you know that's that's why I didn't expect you to get. But uh, so you got you mentioned Gilbert, uh, Crash Holly, Jerry Lynn, and X-Pac. So the ones you missed out on were Essie Rios, Dean Malenko, and Scotty Duhati. Fuck. Dean, yep, Dean Malenko, Scotty Duhati. There you go. Jeff Hardy and Tajiri. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's so, right. The full um, list is, uh, other than Taka, Michinoku and Christian, was Gilberg, Essie Rios, Dean Malenko, Scott Utehotti, Crash Holly, Jerry Lynn, Jeff Hardy, X-Pac and Tajiri were all WWF certified light heavyweight championship holders. So that was this week's Kayfabe Conundrum. Yay. Did you ever see those matches with Scott Utehotti versus Dean Malenko? A.K.A. Dean Malenko. Yeah, you know, Dean Malenko as Dean Malenko. I actually did, yeah. Um, Actually, literally, I was watching the Rollins and Smackdown around this time to do research, and one of the episodes actually had Scott Utehotti defeating Dean Malenko for the late heavyweight championship. So, yeah, and very good match. Dude, Dean Malenko, man. We should do a K-Fib, make a K-Fib episode about Dean Malenko, and maybe his best friend, Perry Saturn, as well. There's the joke. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Free comedy um, every week for you guys. We give this away for free. It's unreal. Um, (laughs) But yeah, totally go back out and and check out our uh, Forgotten Radicals episode on Demon Lanko and Paris Saturn. It's a very good episode. But anyway, in in 1998, Takamichi Noku started to be on on the receiving end of attacks from Kai and Tai because in their opinion, he'd become too Americanized, entering into a feud with them which spanned from over the edge in May 98 until Raw is War on August 3rd, 98, where Takamichi Noku turned on his tag team partner Val Venus in order to join his opponents, Kaintai. And then he and his new friends dragged Val Venus backstage with the sole intention of choppy-choppying his PP. Yeah. That's right. Taka had a change of heart, which led to Val Venus losing his dick. So, 
It continued to be part of that faction until Togo, Teo and Yamaguchi's left WWF, which relegated Kaintai to a tag team with just Taka and Funaki being, being the sole remaining members. They've basically become comedy jobbers, which is a damn shame for a man of Taka's ability. And, and maybe Funaki too, actually. I mean, Funaki was solid enough, um, but I, I don't think he ever had the potential that Taka did. But Taka, he would start cutting these like intentionally badly <laughs> lip-synced promos on Raw, which would end in Fanaki saying, Indeed! Mm-hmm. And that was enough to pass as excellent comedy in 1998. It's funny too, because like, believe it or not, like Taka can actually cut a pretty damn good promo. Obviously, they're in Japanese, but you can tell the guy has good delivery. Like... Like you know, you know how we have Asuka. You know, we know Asuka is a good promo, even though she just screams in Japanese. You know, yeah, uh, like, yeah. kind of like that. You, you you don't have a clue what she's saying, but you can tell like you're you're, you're engaged with it. You know, and that, that's kind of like how Taka does it as well. But now, now we move on to the focal point of today's story because on April tenth, two thousand, on an episode of Raw, Taka Michinoku received a WWF title shot against Triple H, completely out of the blue literally, legitimately out of the blue. That there was no build up, just a match against Triple H for the WWF title. I watched uh, I watched this episode of Raw in preparation for the free booking and basically on this episode Triple H was told that he'd have to defend his title, but he wasn't told against who. So Triple H, he's in, he's in the ring with Stephanie and Shane, and suddenly we cut to backstage where you got Bradshaw, Farouk, Funaki, and Taka. Are, they're walking like badasses towards like the gorilla position, and Triple H starts freaking out, worrying that he's going to have to face all four of them. Turns out it's just Taka with the APA and Funaki backing him up. But good God, what a fucking match! Do you remember this match? I do remember this match. What a match! What a match! Like I posted it on our Twitter page before um, at Making Kayfabe, but there, there's a there's a spot in the match where Triple H is outside the ring, so he gets kind of beaten up by Farouk. Bradshaw hits him with a clothesline from hell, throws him into the ring, and then Funaki hits him with a top rope drop kick right into Takamura Shinoku's moonsault. And like, oh my god, like the nearest of near falls here, like. 2.9999999 like you could not get closer to free and and the crowd were going fucking crazy for it and yeah we'll, we'll circle back to that in just a moment because it is very crucial for today's rebooking but there's basically no follow-up to this fucking nothing and I, I, I other than maybe like losing to sergeant slaughter and heat but yeah. like I, I watched the smackdown the raw and even the following smackdown and the following raw again after you know after attacker versus triple h just to make sure and it wasn't even mentioned kaintai didn't even appear on any of the shows not once and after this kaintai they'd have a few pops at the tag team championships never winning them Taka would have a few more pops at the light heavyweight championship never reclaiming it and then he left wwf never to return which is just a fucking shame and i say that but the guy the guy had a a, a very successful career back in his homeland wrestling for numerous uh, promotions up until well today basically all japan new japan 2aw pro wrestling noah it became a champion plenty of times, including a, a two-time IWGP tag team champion with Dick Togo once and Tai Chi once. And like, like I said earlier, he's still going. Um, he's doing pretty damn well for himself, so fair play to the lad. And like I say, he had um, Jushin Funders last match with him. And yeah, he's just a, yeah, he's a talented guy with, with great conditioning. And at 47, the guy's still got another, probably got another good five years left him at least. So, But anyway, that, that's Taka. Is there anything else you want to know, or should I tack a shot at rebooking Taka Michinoku as WWF champion? I but, don't know sorry, if I should uh, acknowledge what just happened. I, I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you heard my joke there, I said tack a shot. 
Oh, what a great... Oh, Oh, Bryce, you got me. You got you got everybody. Uh, to be actually, well, all all joking aside, it's very hard to come up with a really good Takamishinoku pun, and so I think Bryce really should be commended for that. It took me eight days to write this this uh, rebooking. Like, eight, seven of them were spent on that joke alone. So you know, <laughs> show me some fucking respect. Man. Exactly. <laughs> we need to. You know, this is that 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 must have been like. I don't know how you did that, man. I couldn't come up with a Takamishinoku pun like that. If you like that joke, then you've got. Absolutely nothing to look forward to. So, yeah, I'm going to reboot Takamishinoku. Do you want to hear it? I really, really want to hear this. So, here's what should have happened. So, as I said, let's let's circle on back to Takamishinoku versus Triple H for the WWF Championship. Now, I sent you the clip. You remember the pop that Taka got when he came within an inch of beating the game, right? Mm-hmm. So it's actually, it's funny timing, but did you know that literally, literally the next week on Raw, there actually was a famous um, unexpected title change, sort of, um, which got a huge pop. Like, do you, do you remember what that was? So it'll be April 2000. Ooh. Involving Triple H. Oh, is that uh, with Chris Jericho? Yep, it was Jericho. That, that was the next week. I, I'm going to go on record right now, and it's a hell of a record to go on. And I'm going to say that if Takamichinoku beat Triple H for the WWF Championship, he would have got an even bigger pop than what Jericho did. And I mean, like, because compare the odds of, uh, you know, of beating Triple H. Taka had no fucking chance in hell. Jericho, although unexpected, was it was definitely more expected than, like, a random light heavyweight tag team uh, wrestler, right? Yeah, exactly. So... That's. I'm just going to say, uh, to kick it off, Farouk, he, he beats Triple H outside the ring. Bradshaw, he hits Triple H with a clothesline from hell. Rolls him back into the ring. Funaki's got the missile dropkick. Taka Michinoku has a diving moonsault to Triple H. Taka's going to cover Triple H, and El Hebner's going to count one, two, three. The place is going to go fucking wild. And like, they, they went fucking wild when Taka got the two count. And now now imagine him you know, getting a free count in, in what will perhaps be the, the most unexpected title win in the history of pro wrestling. You know, So Taka uh, gets his win. Say that to David Arquette. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, there's a rebook in the future. But yeah, rebooking just don't do it. Uh, yep. but, yeah, <laughs> Easiest episode ever. But yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Taka Taka gets the gets the win, and he just fucking runs out of the ring. Like Triple H, he's gonna get up immediately, and he's gonna have that you know classic shocked expression on his face. Taka's gonna run up the ramp with Funaki. Uh, El Hebner hands him the WWF Championship, and the acolytes are there in the ramp to stop anyone getting to Taka as he celebrates underneath the Titantron. Taka Michinoku is the WWF Champion. He's the first wrestler to win both the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship and what, what effectively is our Heavyweight Championship. And that's rebooking. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> and then David Arquette comes out and yeah. we all remember the WWF Heavyweight Championship is 24-7 rules. So he rolls up Taka on the entrance ramp. One, two, three. David Arquette, he doesn't even work for that company. He works for WCW, but good God, he turned up on Monday Night Raw. The ratings go through the roof. And then it goes from bad to worse for Taka because then just Joe shows up and has a chat with Sergeant Slaughter and then <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter takes him on a two-on-one. No, we're not going down that route. So, yeah, in all seriousness, 
<laughs> in all seriousness, like that's going to be our starting point. So it, that is like I'm going to keep it the same way. You know, no build to the match or anything. Just a totally random kind of surprising WWF Championship win by Taka Michinoku. So that's where we're starting today. So that that match actually, it wasn't actually the main event of Raw. Um, it was halfway through the show, uh, believe it or not. So the main event in, in real life was The Rock facing a, a surprise opponent in a steel cage match. So. If The Rock were to win, he was allowed a shot at uh, Triple H's WWF Championship, which now, of course, is Taka Michinoku's WWF Championship as we speak right now. So The Rock's surprise opponent actually turned out to be two opponents, which was Big Boss Man and uh, our boy Bill Buchanan. And mm-hmm. what, what we're going to do for this match is add a, a slight alteration. So you know how steel cage matches in wrestling are, are designed to keep people out, but they don't actually keep people out? Yeah. Well, this is no exception. So during the match, The Rock's gonna he's gonna be getting the better of Boss Man and Bull, but you know, old cerebral assassin Triple H, he's gonna wander out, he's gonna enter the cage, and thanks to the no disqualification in cage matches, we're gonna make it a three-on-one match. So handicap match. So, uh, or an even bigger handicap match. But the, the Rock, The Rock can handle Big Boss Man and Bull Buchanan, but he can't handle Boss Man, Bull, and Triple H. So eventually, the three men are gonna get the better of him. Big Boss Man pins The Rock, and that's that. The, the Rock doesn't get his championship match against Taka. So you're going to get Triple H on the mic. And he's going to say, Rocky, I'm sorry I had to do this, but I'll be damned if you're taking my shot at my WWF championship. That son of a bitch Taka screwed me over tonight, and if anyone's going to take that belt off him, it's me. The Rock is down and out, having had his ass kicked. But because of this... Now you've got Triple H and The Rock fighting each other. You know, th- those two, they want to kick each other's ass because they think that they deserve the next shot at Taka. So tri- Triple H, because of the, the flash pinfall earlier, which cost him his title, and The Rock, because he was screwed over in the steel cage match, which he was on the way to winning against the big boss man and uh, Bobby Cannon. So Backlash is going to be in a few weeks. And in real life, you know, who'd have thunk it, but the main event already was The Rock versus Triple H. So that's what we're going to stick with. Not not straying too far from reality here. The Rock and Triple H are going to build their feud towards Backlash, which will be a, a number one contenders match for Taka's WWF Championship. So the good thing about this is that it takes the heat off Taka in the meantime. So we can have a, a little bit of fun in, in The Rock to Backlash. So... I had um I had a few funny ideas for Taka and like let, let, let the record show I'm I'm not going to be booking Taka as a you know Triple H esque you know dominate everybody world champion I, I'm playing fully into the fact that this was completely unexpected even for Taka so I, I'm making this as as realistic as possible there, there's going to be some comedy but at the same time we're gonna you know we're we're gonna make the fans back Taka even more with it so. The first idea I had was involving the APA. So the SmackDown after Taka wins the title, he's he's going to go into APA's office, you know, their, their little kind of a backstage office for the door, but no walls. And, and he's going to ask for more protection since he's now the WWF champion and fucking everybody is going to be coming for him. Bradshaw and Farouk, they're, they're going to have a little think about it and, and they're going to have a little private discussion and they'll come back to Taka and, and they're going to say, yeah, like we'll protect you, man, but it's going to cost you way more money than it did on Raw. We've got premium rates for world champions, which is exactly what you are. So you're going to have to pay us triple. Otherwise, you're going to get your ass handed to you the moment you walk out of this office. 
and the camera's going to pan and you're, you're going to see like five or six kind of um, lower mid-card-esque kind of superstars, all, all, all of them waiting for Taka Michinoku outside the APA's office. So like, you know, in the year 2000, you had your guys like S.A. Rios, you had um, Scotty Too Hotty, you had the Headbangers, Mean Street Posse, Dean Malenko, a.k.a. That's a hardcore division that you're describing right there. Basically, yeah, lower mid-carders kind of thing. So, like, just, 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 we're going to have those guys waiting for Taka to leave the office because they want a piece of him. Like, they're under no illusions. They they think that this is their opportunity to gain themselves a WWF title shot because, let's be honest here, it's going to be a hell of a lot easier to take out WWF champion Taka Michinoku than it is to take out WWF champion Triple H or, you know, WWF champion The Rock, for example. So Taka's like, you know, shit, they got me here. Like He knows that he needs protection. I mean, who's going to protect him, Funaki? So he hands over the money, and the APA, are, are they're now the full-time protection for Taka Michinoku, the WWF champion. So he's been protected by the accolades. They leave their office with Taka, accompanying him to his locker room, while they, they kind of stare down the headbangers and co, who, who were previously going to attack Taka, but now they're, they're too scared to. So I was thinking another cool thing you can do with Taka, and, and maybe we... um introduce this on the, on the following Raw while he cuts a promo, but you, you remember Kaintai's promos, right? They'd shout Japanese into like a dead microphone and, and Bruce fucking Pritchard's voice would sound over the PA system and pretend it's them talking. Ha 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 ha, so funny. But now that Taka's champion, there's been a development. When Taka Michinoku gets the microphone, gone is that stupid voice with Funaki saying indeed afterwards, it's out of here. Taka's going to speak full Japanese to the audience, but crucially... He now has subtitles, accurate subtitles. So they're, they're going to appear at the bottom of your television screen at home or on the Titantron if you're on the arena um, so that everybody can follow along with what the champ is saying, even if they don't speak Japanese. So pretty crazy, right? It's uh, let, let, let the fans understand their champion. But Taka, he, he's going to cut a promo, a big proper babyface promo with these subtitles because he paid for them with his championship wages. So the APA and Fanaki are there too. It's going to say something brief like, uh, my friends, thank you for the support since my victory over Triple H. I won't lie to you, the victory shocked me too. And still, two weeks later, I'm worried I'm going to wake up from the greatest dream of my life. Weirdly though, as I speak to you now, the WWF seemed to have forgotten about me. All of the focus is on Triple H and The Rock and not the WWF champion. Perhaps they think that I'm not as marketable as the real stars. This is fine with me. I'm going to go back to Tokyo to greet my people. They'll be happy to see me. I am told I have made all of Japan very proud. So, yeah. Just a quick reminder, Triple H and The Rock still feuding with that match set for Backlash for the number one contendership for Takamichinoku's WWE Championship. So, anyway, next week, we're going to have a segment where Taka, he returns to his homelands, he greets the fans in Tokyo as WWF champion, so in kayfabe, he's the, the second ever Japanese wrestler to win the title, but, you know, we, we know we all know he's really the first, fuck you, Yokozuna, so it can be a nice, like, wholesome celebration with the fans being so happy to see him, you know, take pictures with him, pose with him, with the belt, etc. Like, Funaki's there too, for escorting his friend around, happy to be in his homeland, and, of course, so are the APA, uh, fulfilling their duties and, and protecting the champ. I mean, look, j- just imagining Farouk and Bradshaw, like, towering over all these Japanese fans, like, looking all pissed off with their arms crossed, like, that made me laugh, so I had to include it. So on the on the next show as it stands now, so Backlash is coming up this week. And while we've got 
Triple H versus The Rock for the number one contendership, we don't actually have a WWF Championship match. Well, Taka's, Taka's going to be in the ring of SmackDown before Backlash, and who else but Vince McMahon is going to come out and speak to him. So Vince was the, the, the main authority figure back then. There wasn't really a, a GM or anything. Like he was the one he was the one making matches along with um, Stephanie and, and and Shane and Triple H. And, and Mr. McMahon, he's got a microphone and he's going to say to Taka, he's going to say, Taka, Backlash is in a few days and you don't currently have a match to defend your championship. So contractually, you need to defend that title. It's a pay-per-view and we need the biggest prize in the game on the line. Now, you won't be main eventing, of course. That's for the real superstars like Triple H and The Rock. But we'll make sure you get a prominent spot in the card. I don't care who you get, quite frankly, but God damn it, I better have a WWF Championship match at my pay-per-view. And if you don't pick someone, then I'll pick. And let me tell you, you won't like who I pick. Anyway, Vince fucks off. <laughs> Vince is like, it's going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I pick myself. <laughs> Taka Michinoku versus Mr. McMahon. Uh, you, okay, it can't be any worse than Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> that would be a good match. Like, I, 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 Yeah, that would be a very good match. I, I, I defy that. Anyway, like, so Vince, Vince goes away and, and soon we're going to arrive at Backlash. So we are now at the pay-per-view Backlash. So in the main event, you've got The Rock versus Triple H for the number one contendership for the WWF Championship. And you've also got Taka versus somebody for the WWF Championship. So nobody knows um, who it is yet. So, But before Taka goes out to defend his title, you've got kind of one of those... Um, one of those backstage segments, you know, with Kai and Tai, Taka and Finaki, they're joined by the APA, and but it's Taka and Finaki who are doing the talking, like Bradshaw and Farouk, they don't really have a clue what's being said, they can't understand a word of Japanese, and they don't have subtitles, so Finaki's saying to Taka, he's saying, you know, in Japanese with the subtitles, which they can now afford, don't pick an opponent tonight, Mr. McMahon is just bluffing, you're going to get either Triple H or The Rock after Backlash. Who could they possibly pick to fight you? Everyone else in the roster is occupied, and the ones who aren't are terrified of the APA, and you only won the belt a couple of weeks ago. You deserve the night off. It'll be fine. And Taka, Taka doesn't seem too sure. Like He doesn't know what Mr. McMahon is hiding up his sleeve, but you know he takes his friend's advice. You know He he doesn't select an opponent and decides to go out to the ring later and, and push his luck in, in the hope that he doesn't actually have to defend his title. So in the match before the main event, which of course is Triple H versus The Rock, the real superstars, Taka's going to come out and he's in the ring with Finaki and he doesn't have a clue who his opponent's going to be. Um, or even if he has an opponent, who knows? His music stops and then he, he's just waiting. He's, he's looking around, wondering who he's going to have to defend his title against, probably expecting, you know, no chance in hell to hit the speakers, followed by Mr. McMahon coming out to seal his fate. And th- this goes on for a good, like, 30, 40 seconds with the crowd, kind of, they're, they're buzzing in anticipation, but there's nothing. Like, nobody comes out. It's starting to look like they actually didn't have an opponent lined up for Taka to defend his title against. But then the referee asks him to hand over his WWF Championship in, in preparation for a title match. And like Taka, Taka's confused. Like he's he's not seen his opponent. He's not heard any entrance music. But but he agrees to it. You know he hands over the belt to the referee. And then the referee rings the bell. Funaki propels himself across the ring and blasts Taka into the turnbuckle with a drop kick. Taka falls to the mat. Funaki covers him. One two. Taka kicks out. And now we have a match in our hands. 
Takamichinoku defending his WWF Championship against his tag team partner and best buddy Funaki in one of the you know featured matches on a WWF pay per view. And there's a match I bet you never thought you'd hear, but the fans would go fucking wild for it with that, that twist. And like you know, like, we're we're gonna have we're gonna give this match some time. You know, both guys could go like Funaki doesn't get much props but the guy was an accomplice mat wrestler and high flyer you know it, it, could, it could have certainly hung with Taka and put on a hell of a match but in the end we're going to have Taka win and and make his first successful defense of the WWF title because we need to give the guy some credibility you know we can't forget that Taka is a, is a damn good wrestler and he had Triple H you know at his limit before the interference in the match so although you know we're including some comedy aspects in his title run we have to make it clear that Taka is capable of handling himself when push comes to shove. After the match, you can see Taka Michinoku backstage and he's going like proper crazy at the APA. You know, you didn't protect me. You know, they're like, you know, we didn't know that your your own goddamn partner was going to try and take that belt off you. You know, we were looking at everyone else. So anyway, like Taka, Taka's furious. Like, you know, he's paid good money to be protected and he wasn't. And like, yeah, although... Bradshaw and Farouk, they're not too pleased about being shouted at by a man who's half the size of them. You know, they do appreciate that this gig is good money and they'd be silly to do what they want to do, which is, you know, kick Taka's ass. Well, you know, where they're going is good. So, you know, Bradshaw's going to try and reason with Taka. He's, he's going to say, all right, we failed at our job. We understand that. We're very sorry. How can we make it up to you? So there's only one final match to go on the Backlash card, and it's the main event. It's Triple H versus The Rock for the number one contendership to Taka Michinoku's WWF Championship. And it could have been for Funaki's WWF Championship, but as we witnessed earlier, but thankfully it's not. It's Taka's, and after his successful defence against the surprise opponent. So the match between Triple H and The Rock, it's going to be your classic WWF 2000 pay-per-view main event. We'll let it go the full 20 minutes, etc. But towards the end, they're going to do a, a double down spot in the ring and, and something's going to happen. So he probably called it, but Ta- Taka Michinoku is going to come down to the ring and he's holding his championship and he's, he's going to be joined by the APA. And, and they're just going to, to waltz into the ring and without any such warning, they're going to start beating the shit out of Triple H and The Rock. So the bell rings for a DQ. It's clear, you know, it's a clear no contest between the two in the main event of the pay-per-view. The APA and Taka are going to just decimate the two main eventers. Um, this actually goes against the APA's codes, technically, because they, they, they strictly, you know, protect rather than being hired guns. But they've got reason to do this tonight and help Taka beat up these guys that, you know, that, that strictly is money uh, and making up for Taka for failing to protect him from Fanaki earlier. So anyway, they, they beat them up. Taka's going to get in the mic and he's going to end the show just by saying six words. In fact, six, maybe seven actually, uh, depending on your definition, but whatever. Um, he's going to look directly into the hard camera, standing over the body, the Triple H and the Rock, and he's going to say, Who's the real superstar now, Vince? And then he'll smile and we'll fade to black. Cliffhanger ending for Backlash. You know, you're, you're immediately going to get people excited to tune into Raw to see where this goes. So, I'm, I'm almost done here, but I think I've set up Taka for success, you know, even if it's uh, only brief success, but I've got a little bit more. So see, see, see um, th- this is where we're going to go into a bit of basic booking. I mean, like, you, you tell me, you've got a number one contenders match and the champion interferes, forcing it to end in disqualification with no real winner. If you're the booker, what do you do? 
It's got to be a triple threat match, right? Yep, it's a triple threat match. You're absolutely See spot that? on, my friend. That's, this is why yeah. you and me are real legitimate bookers in wrestling. Exactly. It's, it's 100% true. And <laughs> we've been saying this for years, but here's the proof. Exactly. The proof is in the pudding right there. So um, We are know, pudding. We are, we are, we are, we are pudding. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's nothing wrong with that though I mean nothing wrong with basic booking because like it makes sense wrestling isn't all about shocking people sometimes you've just got to book what actually makes sense like I mean like like with AEW, for example, right? just going a little bit off off, off kind of hand here, but um, I, I can probably tell you where 90% of their stories are going to go right now. And, and often it turns out that I'm right, but that doesn't spoil the enjoyment at all. Um, you know, I enjoy it because it reaches a, a logical conclusion, um, which WWF stories barely fucking do. But that, that's exactly what we're going to do here with Taka. We're going to make a logical conclusion. So in, in short, Taka feels slighted. You know, he's starting to get really pissed off. He's he's won this title by pinning the the number one guy in the company. Uh, and while the fans fucking love it, it's been made clear that the authority, uh, as we, we should we call them, don't really give a shit. You know, it has barely been mentioned by Triple H or The Rock in their promos in the build up to their match for his title. He didn't have a match locked in for Backlash. Mister McMahon told him that he wouldn't be the main event because of the real superstars, which he clearly isn't. And then to top things off, he gets attacked by his own best buddy, who, you know, was trying to take his title, which which shouldn't have happened anyway, because the fucking APA were hired to protect the guy. So Taka's pissed, and he's got every fucking right to be, and, and that, that's only going to make him a more endearing character. So Mr. McMahon's going to come out in the Raw after Backlash, and he's going to announce the next big WWF Championship match. We're going to have a triple threat match with Takamichinoku defending his WWF Championship against both Triple H and The Rock. And there's another match I bet you never thought you'd hear. But yeah, we'd have that at one of the next pay-per-views, whether that's um, Insurrection or you know, the, the UK-only pay-per-view or Judgment Day. By the way, like, here's a quick one. Do, do you want to hear what the tagline for Insurrection 2000 was? It's gonna suck. <laughs> no. But <laughs> Something the to tagline... do with crown jewels or something probably no actually but it's something to do with something the tagline for insurrection 2000 was london bridge isn't the only thing that's falling down the fuck does that even mean <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what's falling down like, <laughs> what that's the tagline that is the tagline and legit like according to wikipedia anyway which is basically gospel so <laughs> oh that's great but not not in a good way yeah <laughs> london what bridge is the only thing that's fallen down like they're really struggling for a, a tagline with that one but anyway like it's like what can we say about london like it's got that bridge right and the, the, the nursery rhyme and we can, we can take the, the only things falling down like just oh god's sake man remember it's how like, that bridge fell down fucking 500 years ago and they made a nursery rhyme about it that's probably relevant to <laughs> professional wrestling in america you know what's you know what's kind of like a bridge? Wrestlers. Wrestlers are sort of like bridges. So, like... <laughs> what's kind of like a bridge? Oh dear. Anyway, like that's that's London Bridge aside. Like that that is basically the end of my rebooking. But to to round things off, I don't think Taka should have actually had a long run if he was given the title. You know. It should have been just a short, should have been just short of a flash in the pan thing for him being a main eventer. But it also should have been enough to propel him up the car to be more than just a comedy jobber. Like he'd have the title for one month, maybe two, and that would serve him and wrestling really well. 
Why wrestling, you may ask? Because wrestling needs moments like these. Uh, wrestlers, wrestling thrives in moments like these. Like, not just the unexpected, but because even the unexpected is expected in wrestling these days, thanks to the internet. But, you know, the, the, the truly unexpected. Not one person in that building on April 10th, 2000, legitimately thought that Taka was beating Triple H. Not a fucking chance. Like, Triple H was being pushed just way too hard at that point. But they still popped for the near fall because they wanted it. You know, if Taka won the title, it would set a precedent for the next decade or two where, like, if, if somebody lower on the card goes up against a solidified main eventer, there's still a chance for a major upset because, you know, as we will have seen with Taka, it has happened before. And as it stands in wrestling, we don't have too many things like that, which makes the believability in these kind of matches very low. So... Yeah, like I'd, I'd absolutely advocate for either Triple H or The Rock pinning Taka in that WWF Championship match triple threat. Um, you know, they gave Taka a shot at stardom, and it'd go down in history as one of the most kind of unexpected WWF Championship holders of all time. But you know, in a good way, you know, and and that he earned it and told a good story. Well, champion. Not in the Jinder Mahal way, for example. <laughs> I was going to so. say, like you know, you, you didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's the prime He's like example. Yeah, he's, he's a bit like a bridge, isn't he? But, he's um, always falling down. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'll descend from my soapbox. Like, that was my booking of Taka Michinoku as WWF champion. What, what do you think? I thought, well, let me tell you this. Whenever you started talking about um, Taka and uh, Triple H in that match, one thing I thought you were going to do and then very quickly realized why you didn't do it was um, pull the old like, Montreal screwdrob on like Triple H. And then have Taka like run away and be like, how do you like it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm like, it's not in Montreal. And Taka Mishinoku has got nothing to do with the Hart family. So that's probably why that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, lots of reasons why that didn't happen. But I like the angle of, uh, I like the angle of Taka Mishinoku coming out. He's like, he's, he's won the belt. He's, he's beaten Triple H. You know, he defended his championship at a pay-per-view. I like him coming out and going, can you believe this? Like, I'm your champion, whether or not the boss likes it or not. Nobody's talking about me. They're talking about the championship. Nobody, you know, I had to defend against my best friend who stabbed me in the back. Like, like what the hell? Nobody's giving me respect. Vince McMahon, the owner of the company, says that I'm not good enough to be in the main event. This is ridiculous. Like, yeah, I like that bit because you were you could up, up to that point. You could see you were teasing to that. You were you were making it clear that that's how the company saw Takamishinoku, which is probably true. Yeah. Um, and that, like you said, that kind of feeds into like real life. That's legit, you know, and that's a good way to get a guy like that over because one of the things they weren't doing with Kai and Tai was actually giving them a reason to to get over. Like the yeah, to be. Yeah. The the pretend like, you know, voiceover promos that we do haha that's hilarious isn't that funny but like <laughs> no. it's not it's not a good way to build up a legitimate fucking guy right it's no. it's it's a comedy spot you can do twice of course they did it for like three months <laughs> you know because that company haha racism's hilarious that's, <laughs> that's a wwe for you so i there was you know i think it, it could it could work and like you said it's one of those stories like you look at daniel bryan you know, no, the company seemed pretty against him winning and him getting like all the shit he went through to get to WrestleMania. It made the crowd want the win, mm. you know, like it, it wasn't just because they liked Daniel Bryan. All they did. It was the whole story. It told, you know, that was the, the cultivation of it. And that's the kind of thing you don't get these days, like you said. So, 
yeah, interesting stuff. Very interesting, you know. Thank you. Um, what I also what I thought you were gonna do when you had him like running up the ramp. Um, I thought you were gonna like make him do a CM Punk and be like, "I'm going to Tokyo, bitches." <laughs> just fucks I'll off see you in New Japan. Japan. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, uh, "What?" Because <laughs> then, like, they could do like a tour of Japan, get the belt back. Yeah, that would be but cool. Then, actually, yeah, but it's like you said, like once you kind of establish it, once you put the groundwork there, there's options for that after, like, where attack you can go after that. You know? Yeah. But all they had to do is put the groundwork there to begin with, which they fucking didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Like, Taka, he's so fucking underappreciated. And, like, just a, a hell of a wrestler. And, like, this, um, like I say, like, I, I'm not expecting Taka to be, like, the longest reigning WWF champion of all time. Like, you know, have get him that, that career highlight, that unexpected victory. And then, like, once he loses Triple H or once he loses to The Rock or whatever, he's not going to go back to being a comedy jobber, or fucking hopefully, um, as long as Sergeant <laughs> Slaughter doesn't fucking get involved. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, he's, he'll be elevated to, like, um, you know, mid-card, upper mid-card, like, Intercontinental Championship kind of um, kind of place. Like, um, you know, maybe do that subtitles gimmick with him so he, that fans can understand him or maybe get him a manager or something like that. But, um, you know, Taka always put on a good match against whoever he was in the ring with. Um, you know, still to see that Sergeant Slaughter match. But, you know, um, <laughs> just a total waste of talent, total missed opportunity in wrestling. And, yeah, that's, also, that's why we're here, I suppose. Like, yeah. Also, like you said... In real life, they did that same thing with Chris Jericho at the same time. Yeah, li- literally the next week. Exactly. So, like, you know, at that up to that point, Jericho had been rest in China. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he was, he, you know, he was still, he had a spot in the roster, but people weren't going, there is a heavyweight champion for you. You know what I mean? Like, he hadn't got to that point yet. So, for him mm. to win the belt like that, people fucking, you know, flip their shit. And uh, it's, you know, so if it could happen with Jericho, it could happen with Taka. They yeah, had the exactly. match. They had the Triple H match. They could totally have happened, you know. Yeah, it, 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 easy, easy to do. They already had it set up, and like, why not kind of thing? And like, yeah, Jer- Jericho. Remember, Jericho lo- kind of lost the title like twenty minutes later or something. But <laughs> that, yeah, yeah that's um, night they took it back. They didn't happen. Yeah, that well, didn't happen. happen. Like, it was, it was <laughs> never <laughs> happened. Yeah, it was on the network. So, and do you know what? Do you know what's funny as well? Actually, I think I think I mentioned it to you, but literally, um, at this time. This, this, this rebooking is literally at the same time of your rebooking last week. Uh, you know, of April of 2000 was when Mike Awesome made his, um, it must have been when he made his WCW debut because yeah. on, on one of the SmackDowns after after this, Taz comes out with ECW Championship having just won it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's totally unplanned, but it was around the same time as your rebooking from last week. So funny, funny how that works out, like, you know, exact same time, but... But that, that was Takamichinoku, and uh, yeah, you should totally check out Takamichinoku's matches. He's got plenty of matches online right now for his um, for his promotion that he's running right now on on Daily Motion, and you know, and he's still he's still um, I think he's in Suzuki Goon and in sorry New Japan Pro Wrestling, so uh, he's still around and he's still wrestling really good matches, and um, yeah, just a just a hell of a talent, and um, yeah, always always got time for Takamichinoku. But do you know no, what else he's got time? For? Sergeant Slaughter. No, well, yeah, I'm gonna have to see that match now. Here's I'm gonna thing. have to see that now. The, like, once you see the match, you'll be like, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be pretty, the result's pretty bad, but I, I guarantee Sar- Sergeant Slaughter had a good match with Taki Michinoku. But I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll watch it after this episode and we'll see. But <laughs> anyway, you totally, you totally ruined my segue there. But you know, you know what it's time for? What is it time for in our Bryce? It's time for. A little bit of Gay Fabe Sambola! Woo! 
It's the audience being like, yeah, you know, yeah, so that, all... that in for ambience. Our whole audience there, um, but yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Kayfabe Tombola. It's uh, it's another fan submitted one, and this week it's coming from listener Tom Williams on Twitter. So he's at Tom Williams nineteen ninety, and he's got some pelters for you today, my friends. Oh, so thank you, Tom Williams. <laughs> so if you are listening to Making Kayfabe for the first time, you're going to have no fucking idea what Kayfabe Tombola is, so allow me to explain. So what I have here is four professional wrestlers, or bridges, numbered one to four. And <laughs> already fucked up, I, I couldn't resist. We have four professional wrestlers, numbered one to four, and four scenarios lettered A to D. So my friend Dylan here, say hello Dylan. Hi. It's going to give me a number letter combination like a 4C or a 2D and then it's going to have 60 seconds to spin a world class like just uh, impeccable wrestling storyline with the wrestler and scenario that he's been given. So in the past we've heard about how Sabu formed the tag team of God, how Rob Rob Van Dam became a, a space cowboy and even even just a couple of weeks ago, we found out that the Shockmaster was actually the father of the Road Warriors. So, oh, you know, God. it's, it's one, always good that, fun. That one took us on a trip. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a trip, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's funny because Shockmaster tripped over the wall, didn't he? So, uh, <laughs> hey. Great, again, oh, he's great always comedy. falling down. Yeah, he's a bridge. The bridge we master. Did tw- we did it twice. We got it in again. <laughs> Shockmaster isn't the only thing that's falling down. Uh, Give me your number letter combination. <laughs> just, just, I would like four B. Four B. Okay. Uh, oh, nice. This, 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 this is a good one. So, I right, let's um let, let's see what uh, the listener Tom Williams has in store for you. And by by the way, Tom, thanks for these, mate. It's very very good selections. So, uh, so you want number four. So, do you, do you want to see who you could have had? Yeah. You could have had Viscera. Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> you didn't get Viscera. Uh, thank the Lord. You also could have had the Undertaker. Okay. You didn't get him. Mm. You also could have had John Cena. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, him. Because it's an all-star lineup here, by the way. Uh, Visser, Undertaker, <laughs> Whoa, John Cena. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. An all-star lineup. You can't put John Cena at the same <laughs> level as Visser. Level as Visser. <laughs> Oh, but you didn't get John Cena. Do you know who you did get? Yes. You got Rey Mysterio. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, like, just uh, no, you're putting, putting Visser in, in there with like names like Undertaker, Cena, and Mysterio. That, that's a real making Cafe fan right there. Yeah, so, that's, yeah he knows cheers, his audience. Cheers, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cheers to that, Tom. Uh, so, but you gave me um, 4B, right? Yes. All right, so what you didn't get was Rey Mysterio travels back in time to change the result of the steroid scandal why oh did he get oh he gets suspended for that didn't he i don't know no, I, oh maybe actually yeah because that was um there was one that happened like what, 2006 or something i don't know can't remember yeah. but yeah there you go anyway you, you're, you're telling us why but that's not even the yeah, one so i know as uh, soon as i said yeah. it i'm like that's the game why oh yeah that's, that's literally <laughs> like, the <no>. game right? <laughs> you didn't get that okay. you also didn't get ray mysterio Leaves WWE to revive WCW, which kind of would have made sense a little bit. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, just goes back to kind of um, losing to Kevin Nash and losing his mask. Um, You could have had Rey Mysterio becomes president of the USA and uses their power to put themselves over in WWE. 
um, okay, I don't think you have to become the president of the United States to do that, but also, I could, okay, fair enough. <laughs> you didn't get that. And what you got, the, the, the making the, the making kayfabe, kayfabe tumble you've got today, my friend, is Rey Mysterio travels back in time to force Hulk Hogan to lose to Andre the Giant. What? A lot of time travel in this one. Yeah, there's, there's, like, there's two time traveling ones, yeah. Do I have to explain how a time machine works as well? Well, no, it's obvious, isn't it? It's just you step in and it takes you takes you back in time. That's how time machines work, right? You you have, you have a time machine? Well, yeah. Can can I borrow it? I need to for, go for Saul Corgan's at least. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, so. Rey Mysterio travels back in time to force Hulk Hogan to lose to Andrew the Giant. So, are you are you ready, my friend? Are you ready to tell us all about that? I mean, not really, because didn't didn't Andrew the Giant beat Hulk Hogan at some point? I'm, I'm assuming this is the, the famous match at um, WrestleMania three. Is it? We slammed him. Yeah, the big slam. Yeah. Yeah, the big old slam. All right. Yeah. When when Hulk Hogan hit um, Andrew the Giant with the six one nine, and then the West Coast pop, and then pinned him. Do you remember that? Uh, no, that was before my time. Oh, right, of course, yeah. 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 I came in at Sunday Night Heat. Hello. (laughs) Sergeant Slaughter, anybody? (laughs) Oh, God. All right, my friends. Uh, Are you ready to rock with us? I mean, yeah, sure. Let's fucking... Let's just... All right. Let's just... You put a minute on the clock. I'll open my mouth and let's just see what the fuck comes out. (laughs) Let's see what comes out. All right. You're going to have one minute to tell me all about how Rey Mysterio travels back in time to force Hulk Hogan to lose to Andre the Giant. I'm assuming at WrestleMania 3. Here we go. I'm going to give you a countdown. I'm going to give you three, two, one. Travel back in time. So Rey Mysterio uh, goes to the set of Back to the Future where they have the car. Because he's like, this is a time machine. Here we go. I need to go back in time to change the world, to make Hulk Hogan do a job to at least somebody. And the one who makes the most sense is Andre the Giant. So he gets in the car and he does the driving thing where it's like six miles an hour. And he goes back in time. But he like goes to the wrong one. Uh, he goes too far or not far enough. I'm not sure how time travel works. And he ends up in Japan where Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant are. So he's like, all right, fuck, this will have to do. And what he does is they're having a fight in that timeline. And so Hulk Hogan's about to slam Andre the Giant. But then Rey Mysterio like climbs up uh, Andre the Giant's like singlet. And like, ha- you know, just kind of nestles in his in his, in his his singlet like a Kangaskhan. Nestling in a little baby Kangaskhan. Rey Mysterio's <laughs> in the... the is in the pouch of Under the Giant. So whenever Hulk Hogan tries to slam him, it's just too heavy. Rey Mysterio's increased bulk. It's too much for Hulk Hogan. And he, his <laughs> spine comes out of his um, back, I guess. <laughs> and, <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> oh, well, Hulk Hogan falls over and then Under the Giant pins him. Thanks to Rey Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then Rey Mysterio gets back in his car, gives a jaunty wave goodbye to Under the Giant, and then travels back into the, the future, which he is saved the it. He saved the day again. Yeah. I love, I just love how, like, instead of, like, um, so what, what what kind of thing has a pouch? Like, I like how you said Kangas can instead of a fucking kangaroo. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to go with my most logical frame of reference. And as you know, Pokemon <laughs> is the, my frame of reference for everything. I do that a lot. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll see something. I'll be like, oh, that's a thing. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's the Pokemon name for it. You know, 
like yeah. tad tadpoles. I'm like, it's a little polywag. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Do you not love going to the aquarium and seeing all those sea kings and um, you know all, all those? Uh, but like a goldfish, know, those... like it's a little goldine, you know. Yeah, that, is, that essentially is, isn't it? Like, like Pokemon are based on animal animals, aren't they? So, um, yeah. and other things like you know fucking trash and um, you know and keys. Ice, and stuff, ice but, creams. Whenever I see an uh, ice cream, ice like, cream, little, little vanillas. Oh yeah. boy. Thanks again, Tom, uh, for that K5 Bowler submission. And if you want to submit your own K5 Bowler for one of our making K5 posts to play, uh, well, let me tell you, it's fucking easy. All you have to do is submit four wrestler names and four scenarios on Twitter at makingkfabe or via email at makingkfabe at gmail.com. And we'll include them on the episode just and, give you a, and give you a big old shout out too. And that was making kayfabe. Uh, yeah, hey guys, if you if you enjoyed my, my rebooking of Takamichinoku today, if you enjoyed that, then there's a whole lot more where that came from, as well as another nine episodes coming every Tuesday in our current season. You can go back and check out all the rebookings of uh, Luke Harper and Mike Awesome from this season, or even just go back further and hear us reboot the AW Women's Division or the Summer of Punk, Sean O'Hare, Otis Dozovic, the Sandman, fucking Dean Malenko, aka Dean Malenko, and more. <laughs> Yay! Uh, <laughs> and and first up. And Perry Saturn, yeah. Don't, don't forget Perry Saturn. They're forgotten radicals. But you can find us on Twitter at Making Kayfabe. You can email us any feedback you have or suggestions at makingkfabe at gmail.com. Are, are you feeling a little bit chilly this winter and need a little bit of an extra layer? Look no further than the official Making Kayfabe t shirt collection featuring designs by Blank Pace Digital. You can find those at makingkfabe.redbubble.com. That's right, you can find them at makingkfabe.com. Dot redbubble.com get yourself some sweet making kayfabe merch and hey if you don't want to do any of that then you know a five star review for our show on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on will be plenty to help us out so and that's that so Dylan's going to be in the, back in the hot seat next week you got any, any clues for the listeners Dylan? I have yes I'll give a little clue out so you mentioned today that your episode about Taka Mishnoku took place at the same time as my Mike Awesome one from mm. the week before. So those are both rooted in the Attitude Era. But my storyline next week, a little bit more recent, very Ooh. recent, in fact. Nice. I mean, nice. I think, let's say, the last last couple of years. Nice let's one. Last put couple, that yeah. time frame on it. That's good. We've not, we've not done many recent ones. We've done it in Retribution and Otis, but that's kind of as recent as it's got. So, yeah, yeah. awesome, man. Look, looking forward to that. So... All right, you, you sexy, awesome kayfabers. Thanks for listening. Yay! And we're going to see you. <laughs> sexy, awesome. And we'll see it's you next on. week. <laughs> it's catching on. It's, it's never catchphrase. We'll see you next week for uh, the next fun-packed edition of Making Kayfabe. <laughs>